Shut up and sit down. Hello, dear listener, and welcome to the Dom Chronicles podcast. My name is Sharon Ferns, and I blog over at domchronicles.com, which is www.dommechronicles.com, where you will find way too much information about me, and maybe some nudes, and links to my femdom books. So if you want to have a look, you go over there and have a look love to have you. I'm doing another reader Q&A, which I'm aiming for about an hour, but last time it went long. Lots of people asking questions and me, you know, not staying on top of it, as one does, or doesn't, as the case may be. So let's get started. Now the first one, I normally don't read these before I read them for the podcast, because I want to be as surprised as you are by what's coming into my inbox. But I did give the first one a a quick preview and it is over a thousand words long. So I'm going to tell you right now that I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to give you the highlights so you get the point of the question and we'll go from there. Hello, listeners. (laughs) All right, let's go. No mucking about here. Wish to know what a female who is sensualistic inclined, sensualistic is so a word, thinks of the following male's fantasy. He wishes to change a traditional role in at least one sensual activity. Instead of initiating the typical, in quotes, sensual conversation, romantic petting, being treated with special affection and seduced into physical gratification of one's senses, the male is the receiver of such activities. I feel a bit like I'm narrating a nature program. You know what I mean? The male of the species. Anyway, continuing. In progression of this fantasy, she trash talks him into allowing her to slowly and romantically remove periodically various items of his clothing also tells him what she's going to do to him wants to accomplish and how he is to perform during the conversation female proceeds to undress the male (laughs) slowly periodically and slightly aggressively remove various items of his clothing Upon gaining his nudity, the female instantly begins to search, fondle, serious massage, being playful, makes periodic body-to-body contacts, yearning to possess him with her hands, hugs and kisses. Eventually ties and restricts various areas of his body in a B&D type of activity. That's a bondage and discipline type of activity. She proceeds towards whatever she desires or wishes to do with the male. Any limits would be within the realm of a prearranged agreement. Would such activity with a male sub be of any interest to a sensualistic inclined female? Now, the email could have ended there, but it did not. It goes on quite a bit into specifics, and it's from Phil. Dear Phil, <laughs> I, I do appreciate your very sincere inquiry. And here's the thing. What, what you're looking for is very common and not hard to find. And certainly if you just want to experience that, you could easily find that by paying a professional dominant to play out that specific scenario for you in whatever way that you really want it to go. So that's my first comment because the rest of the thousand words gets more specific, not less specific. And the more specific you are with what your fantasy is and what you want, the more I lean towards finding a professional service provider 
who is skilled in creating those fantasies for you and you can get exactly what you want. Of course, you do have to pay for that. Having said that, if you aren't, you know, married to that very specific scenario that you've described, what you're talking about is a very, very common kind of um, female domination, male submission type scenario. Like there's nothing unusual about it. There's nothing, you know, shocking about it. So if you're in a relationship or you are exploring a relationship or you are talking to some potential relationship person, what you've described is not at all out of the realm of absolute possibility. But my advice to you is, if that's what you're after, that's fine. But if that's all you're after, this one specific fantasy, I strongly urge you to go and pay a reputable professional to create that gorgeous, fabulous fantasy for you. And maybe that's enough to scratch that particular itch. Maybe you'll want something else after that. I don't know, but that's my advice to you. So what you want is not at all unusual. It's not hard to find if you end up in a relationship with someone. But if that's very specifically what you want, then I, I really suggest you go and find a professional to fulfill that fantasy for you. I wish you luck with it. Oh... <laughs> the next one is from Jay. Hey, ya ferns. Hey, ya Jay. How you doing? Thank you so much for getting back to my question on your podcast. Really appreciate your feedback. I was the one asking for advice refalling for your sub when he's one of those full-on extreme subs with no want or desire for love or romance. Literally lives for feeling the wrath of a dominating woman and happily spends the rest of his days watering his plants alone and most definitely not communicating with me or responding to texts 10 hours later, etc. Eye roll. And there's a little <laughs> editorial note saying, oh, what's with these nonchalant sobs? I haven't told him, in brackets, taken on your advice, because what you responded with resonated with me a lot. And look, I'm going to be very honest with you here, not just you, Jay, but my audience in general. I cannot quite recall what the exact question was and what advice I gave. But if you want to go back to my last podcast, you can find it and you will know. I mean, I could go back also, but I'm in the middle of doing a podcast, so I'm busy. Um, Jay says as well, I'm quite new to femdom, so I got confused by the intense attraction I have for my guy. Socialization is to blame, I'm sure. I should just be satisfied with playtime, followed up with aftercare, kissing on the couch, etc. Because he said from day one, subs are slash should be separate to lovers. I think by lovers he means vanilla relationships. And in all seriousness, I'm content with that. I just wanted to thank you for guiding me and my obsessive thoughts to this realisation. I feel quite relieved as starting out in femdom can be fairly confusing whilst tearing down all the social norms, especially with such an experienced sub who, in turn, I find intimidating. Love you enormously, Jay. I'm so glad it helped. And honestly, I said I wasn't going to go back and look, but I have to go back and look just to give you, my listeners, a brief recap of her issue and the advice I gave. So I'm going to do that. Hold on one sec. You won't even notice I'm gone. Okay, I'm back. Did you miss me? You missed me, didn't you? <laughs> um, I don't think Jay signed her email last time, but there was one in there about a submissive who was very uncommunicative between playtimes. And I think that was her issue, that she kept asking for more communication and he kept not doing that. So, that's that then. Of course I said talk about it. Of course I did. You know I did. And I spruiked my book. <laughs> because you know I did that too. Um, uh, and 
just to be clear, I have a book called, just to spruik it again, called um, How to Handle Disobedience, which is a book for new dominants who are just struggling a little bit with asking they're submissive to do something and then finding that they're dismiss that's it their submissive doesn't do it because reasons and that can can be hard to handle when you're new and you're not sure what's going on so i've written a book for new dominants specifically to deal with that problem so it's on my blog if you want to go find it have a look at it get it for your friend get it for yourself just you know buy it for fun <laughs> the next question Hi there, ferns. First off, just want to say this podcast is a godsend. So a big thank you to you, legend. Thank you so much. I'm new to doming and have been in a DS relationship for about a month now. My sub has been in chastity for four months. His previous dom's visa expired, so she's had to go back to the States. What she ordered him to do before she left, however, is for him to serve multiple goddesses. Now, I'm only a newbie to all of this, but is that not a bit batshit crazy considering he's in chastity? When we met, I was under the impression I was to be key holder, and I was. Then previous Dom's bestie, who is also a Dom, comes into the mix. She's been away on business, apparently, and my sub assumed, because she hadn't replied to his message, she wasn't interested anymore and left it at that. Now I'm to be co-key holder? I definitely chucked a wobbly. This sounds very Australian. It's from Carmen. Are you Australian, Carmen? Chucking a wobbly is very Australian. <laughs> I definitely chucked a wobbly, said I wasn't into the idea. And for those who are not Australian or maybe even British, chucked a wobbly means they were not happy. Does previous Dom purposely want to sabotage? My sub's gone out and bought a new lock with two sets of keys. He wants one to belong to me still, but I told him his new Dom can just take my key for the current lock. Ah, uh, what to do here, Ferns? I'm pissy because I'm extremely fussy and actually like him. Sad face. P.S. As if navigating DS as a newbie isn't energy consuming enough as is, now I need to navigate non-monog for the first time too? Lots of love, Carmen. <gasps> Carmen! I would have totally chucked a wobbly as well. <laughs> Mind you, as, as soon as some submissive said, I'm still in chastity to my previous dominant, I would have been O-U-T out. Because that's not someone who has moved on from their previous dominant. That is someone who is still tied to their previous dominant. They were there first. This submissive still, in air quotes, belongs to them. And you are then the add-on. And that's not okay. The whole thing with the bestie is just the next chapter in that kind of thing. So I know you like him and I suspect you've probably resolved this. Um, because I'm very slow with these podcasts. But honestly, dump him. There's two choices there. <laughs> I immediately go to dump him because I have no patience with this bullshit. But obviously the more mature and considered response will be talk to him about what he wants. Tell him that you're not into this scenario, that... He has to make a choice whether he's still tied to his previous dominant and apparently her friends or if he's moving on to be with someone else. So then you get to discuss what, discuss what you offer in your relationship, which from the sounds of it would be a monogamous um, DS relationship versus where he is now, which is tied to his previous dom and whoever his previous dom's proxies are so yeah if you're monogamous it's not a situation that's going to work so no just no i hope you sorted it out and maybe you're doing some happy ever after thing there fingers crossed for you 
And for my champagne report, I always get, have a glass of champagne when I'm doing my podcast and I give a champagne report <laughs> to let you know what I'm drinking. I'm not drinking gorgeous champagne from my champagne boy. Unfortunately, that arrangement has ended, which is very, very sad for me. Um, so I am drinking cheap quaffing champagne. Sad face. <laughs> It's still fine though. And cheers. Cheers to you listening to my podcast. All right, next question. When I asked my wife to marry me, I gave her a CB2000 as a gag gift and promised her I would wear it whenever she wanted me to. Well, <laughs> 17 years later and three devices. She kept me locked the past 15 years all the time except for the occasional release in a stainless steel de- oh except for the occasional releases orgasms I guess in a stainless steel device special occasions are my birthday her birthday our anniversary and christmas she tends to just ignore and forget my poor locked little penis <laughs> no verbal teasing or physical every few weeks she will have me orally please her and I love and crave it in the beginning she addicted my penis to her teasing it with anything soft, angora. I assume you mean ang- like angora wool? Is that a fur? Oh, it is. <laughs> now every time she or any other woman wears anything angora, my penis immediately tries to erect and causes me pain. It wants to be teased by her and feels some angora. But she only does it once a year now. I want it so badly. How can I convince her to allow me more? I'm fascinated by this. Angora is so very specific. I'm, I'm literally going to look up Angora now. Bear with me. How fascinating. Angora wool refers angora hair or angora fiber refers to the downy coat produced by the angora rabbit they are by the way not killed for this um, while the names of the source animals are similar angora fiber is distinct from mohair which comes from the angora goat <laughs> angora fiber is also distinct from cashmere which comes from the cashmere goat <laughs> Look at you learning things on my podcast. I did not know that. I I had to ask, like, are you so attuned to these fibres that you can tell the difference between, say, angora or cashmere or something else, super soft, gorgeous wool? (gasps) Fascinating. Um, You know what I'm going to say, though? You can't convince her to allow you more. You can ask her, tell her that you really love it, and you can ask her if she would allow you to have that pleasure more than once a year and see how that goes. That is, though, on the whole, it sounds like you have a kind of um, dynamic that works very well for both of you. Like you don't sound unhappy about it. She's full on with it. You sound pretty pleased with it and pleased with her and pleased with the way the relationship is working. So congratulations on that. If this is the only thing that is stopping you being 100% happy, then maybe talk to her about it and tell her that. But if she says no, she says no. And I guess that's your lot in life. (laughs) Unless it's a deal breaker, which I absolutely do not get the impression it is hi i just listened to your podcast for the very first time and was really impressed oh thank you i am mainly a foot fetishist and been like that since i was a kid the question is i get sometimes confused whether i'm a sub or just someone who loves worshiping feet and feeling really fulfilled under a woman's feet I particularly like being humiliated by dominant women standing over me and toying with my willy Yes, he used the word willy until I come. <laughs> Look, man, who, who doesn't enjoy a woman playing with a dick till they come? I mean, that's enjoyable for everyone, right? <laughs> Every dick-owning person, I think, pretty much would enjoy that. Um, 
I, I would say from that very tiny little snippet that you are a fetishist and there's nothing wrong with that. Submission is specifically about wanting to submit to the will of a woman. And I suspect for you, if a woman's will wasn't about feet or standing over you or any of that business, you would not be happy with that because it's not submission you want, it's foot stuff. <laughs> so yeah, I would, if you are looking for a partner, I would use the description of um, kinkster or fetishist and then talk about what your fetishes are but also make sure not to make her feel like you're looking for someone just to do your fetish to you because that's not fulfilling for any woman unless you're going to pay her money for that privilege so um, if you're looking for a relationship look for someone who loves fit feet stuff and there are plenty of women who like that but don't make it all about that because that is a big big turn off do you have any tips on how to do post-orgasm torture on a on a sub i mean they've had an orgasm you just <laughs> this makes me laugh because i'm going to give the dumbest answer ever but it's still true you can just do anything do anything and after orgasm and they're not turned on anymore and they're a bit tired and just want a little nap, it's all torture. <laughs> so if you want to do pain play or impact play or you want to stroke their cock or you want to do some CBT or you want to, you know, doesn't really matter. It's all torture after that. Maybe you just smack them around a bit <laughs> and keep them from having their little nap. Depend, and I mean, I say that, and I'm only half kidding. I think it's pretty much true, but of course you have to know them, right? So if you get to know them, then you will learn what would be the most torturous for them. I think for a lot of them, continuing to play with their cock after they've come is pretty much torture for anyone post-orgasm because it doesn't, it no longer feels good. It feels like torture, which I guess is the point. Are soft punishments like tickling effective? This raises questions. Raises questions. What do you mean by punishment? And what's your goal there? Effective for what? I'm going to, I don't know. <laughs> There's a difference between a punishment that is trying to correct behavior that you don't like and a punishment that is just for fun, which we tend, we in the biz, um, tend to call punishment with an F because it's fun, but it's kind of can be played as a punishment. Um, and effective for what? Uh, it's a very unclear question. My, my tip is this. If you like tickling and they like tickling, do it because it's fun and awesome get in it get on it do it um yeah if you're looking to get something else out of it i do not know the answer to that question specifically because the truth is it depends on a lot of things but generally play things are not effective punishments and i know that some people feel differently about it but that's how i feel about it Is it possible to stay in long-term bondage for extended periods of time? Are there any doms who do this? Well, I'm a bit wishy-washy today because I want to say it depends. So how long is long-term and what sort of bondage are you talking about? So the first thing to say is if you're talking about traditional bondage with just people tying you up and doing all the stuff people think of as bond bondage, normal bondage i use air quotes for that it's not safe to do it for extended periods of time no because a lot of it is too tight it's going to cut off circulation it's dangerous so you can't stay in that type of bondage for any extended period of time um, there are types of bondage that you can stay in for longer if you're under supervision and it's safe and yes there are dominants who do this 
Um, someone who comes to mind immediately is um, Troy Orleans, who is a, an amazing dominant who works out of New York, New York City, and her specialty is bondage. And I'm pretty sure she would be able to arrange some kind of extended bondage session for somebody and do it safely and well. I think um, for your average, you know, dominant who plays with different kinds of bondage, I think there are some very light bondage scenarios that can work for, say, overnight or something like that. But the safety police are quite right in that they're going to screen the heads off about it. But I've done things like um, used a, a simple cuff a cuff is not going to tighten overnight, right? And um, used a cuff to tie my submissive to the bed. And if he wants to, he can get out. It's not inescapable. Um, it's not full bondage. It's not something that if there's some sort of emergency, he can't get out of. But he won't get out of it unless there is an emergency. And I think that's perfectly safe, as long as you're not leaving them alone and they're thrashing in their sleep and end up choking themselves somehow. So, yeah, I think there's ways to do it. But I think if you want a full-on um, serious bondage session, you do have to go to someone who is very, very experienced in achieving that as opposed to asking someone who's played a bit of, with a bit of rope a few times to do that for you. So of all the, the um, kinks that have ended up causing death or serious um, issues. A lot of them are bondage related because people underestimated how bond how dangerous it was. And a lot of it is just bad choices with different types of ties and the person being left unsupervised and they choke to death or they get strangled or, you know, just bad stuff can happen. So be careful with that. After reading your pattern-sounding end-of-year note, it finally struck me, do you have Asperger's? I wouldn't think so. I mean, I've never been diagnosed with it and it has never occurred to me that I would have it or be on the spectrum in any way. I think I just like words and I like patterns. <laughs> so I'm going to go with no. I just have a question. I am a submissive. I do have a dominant in mind. How do I get him, I guess, to commit to me and to start something more than we have? Um, oh, people are asking very vague questions with no context. So start something more than we have assumes that there's a play relationship of some kind there or a friendship, or I don't know what you've got already. But the only way to, to approach this is to say, hey, I am interested in you and I would like more than we have. And then you talk about it. You can't get him to commit to you. All you can do is lay your cards on the table and see what he thinks. I wish you luck with that. Dear Sharon, <laughs> I always feel feel a bit weird when people call me by that name because I'm so used to hearing Ferns. I mean, Sharon Ferns is my author name on my books, but I don't really use it elsewhere, so it always sounds a little bit odd. I just listened to podcast number 108. That was my previous one, for anybody wondering. This is number 109. It was a great, oh, all capitals podcast. I could listen to your voice 24-7. Thank you very much for the compliment. Here's the part I need to comment on. In the podcast, you make it all sound so easy for men to have a relationship with a dominant woman, even going to the extent of the men that have these relationships take them for granted. I truly do not understand. Perhaps it's different in Australia, but here in New York, moving along, I would appreciate you not using my name, I follow you on okay. Um, I follow you on Twitter, etc., etc., and we have an exchange in chat. But I could not ask this question on there. How does it all work? Thank you in advance, dear Sharon. Always, and then the name I'm not allowed to say. 
Um, I do. I don't know how I have made it sound like it's so easy for anyone to have or find a DS relationship. It's not easy. I mean, I have been single for a million years. Um, so I'm under no illusion that it's easy. So I think you've maybe misconstrued what I have said. You've got an impression that I haven't actually stated anywhere ever. So I don't think it's easy. I do think, though, that for those who get into a relationship, what they discover, especially if it's their first one, is that what they imagined it would be is not how it ends up being. And I get questions from those people a lot because they thought it would be all play all the time and they were so excited when they got into the relationship and it all started all amazing hot and heavy the same as vanilla relationships but then it settles into something different and it must relationships evolve as you go past the new relationship energy stage and settle into something more and something different and something where you are building more of a life together and it doesn't stay at the same level all the time and I think for some of those people and I hear it more from submissive men I guess because they're the ones who contact me they start to go yeah but I wanted to do this thing and I, yeah but I wanted to do this other thing and how do I make her do blah and I think some of them do take things for granted and I guess maybe that's what you're hearing from me a little bit of frustration that they kind of thought that this dominant woman they got into a relationship with was going to be their fantasy dom. And she's not. She's like a real woman with her own desires and her own feelings about what's going on and what she wants. So I do not think at all that it's easy to find those relationships and I don't think it's easy to have those relationships. I think they have all the challenges of vanilla relationships and more because the pool is so small to find partners and because there are no pervasive models of what these relationships look like so I think there's there can be quite a bit of an adjustment when people learn what the relationship actually looks like for real next one how can I find an online dom that teaches me how to be the perfect sub I don't know <laughs> Look, man. <laughs> Look, most most women who do online domination want some money for it, because for most of them, it, it is not an enjoyable pastime in and of itself. The only the only people I think who find it fun just for the hell of it is women who are very new and who are not yet willing or able to step out into the real world. I mean, that was me when I was young and when I was a baby dom. I did online stuff because I was finding my feet and I was exploring and online was the safest, easiest way to do that. I suspect, and I don't know, that you might find some of those on Discord. I have no experience with Discord, but I see... Um, advertisements all the time for um, female dominant male submissive discord servers and a lot of them seem to be kind of role play type environments and I imagine out of that that online only people find each other but and I, as I said I've got no experience with this I also imagine that some of them are just there to suck submissives in and there'll be a bunch of women there who ask for money so I am not sure really how that works or what the split might be there but if you look for discord servers for femdom and there might be some who specifically say no findoms and have a play around there and see what you can find 
Greetings, ferns. I'm a recent lurker of your content. Well, welcome. Welcome to my content, dear lurker. Though you're not a lurker anymore. Um, your thoughts are often riveting. Oh, thank you. My question is, how do you feel about people you don't know? Oh, no. How do you feel about people you don't own addressing you as ma'am and mistress? Do you have online protocols you reserve only for yours? From the botanist. I... There should be an easy answer to this. But first of all, I can say I don't like mistress. I mean, I don't like it in my personal relationships. I don't like it from strangers. So I don't use that one at all. For ma'am, I'm very aware that for many it's a not just a kink um, honorific trying to, which is meant to denote respect, but also in the vanilla world, in a lot of, uh, I was going to say cultures, but it's really a lot of areas, geographical areas, it's um, in common usage as a, a measure of, of respect. So if some random person calls me ma'am or mistress once and I'm never going to hear from them again I just let it ride right I don't care if it's someone I'm talking to a little bit I will ask them to call me ferns because I prefer that um, if they are they become closer to me and I feel comfortable with them and want to acknowledge their submissive nature, even if they're not my submissive, they're just friends, I allow ma'am. And I know uh, quite a few submissives feel quite comfortable or more comfortable with that than using my name. So it's a case-by-case -case basis. For my submissive, it's different because um, I will decide what I want to be called and that's what he must call me so that's a very different thing and in the past I've used ma'am for that that might change at some point I don't know it depends what our relationship is but I do like ma'am and I kind of like that you can get away with it in public because you can say it and people might think you're being a little bit ironic but you aren't and I kind of like that This slave also thinks it is an important question directly related to that topic is how does the dom that is trying to embrace and get in touch with the experience learn to do that? My mistress reports that she enjoys being my mistress and we strive to find ways for her to go deep inside herself and connect. We would really appreciate any comments. I hope you don't mind I posted the same in comments to last post. I'm not sure where that was. I don't remember seeing it on my blog on a post. And I'm not sure I can give any advice for someone who's struggling to, to find her feet because I, I'm not sure what she's trying to achieve um, or, what, or what she has tried or what her interactions are like or what she feels like she's struggling with so if your mistress would like to actually ask a specific question please encourage her to do so and I will try and help her with that dear ferns first my apologies for any poor writing as English is not my first language you know what's funny always to me that people with English as their second language write absolutely clear fabulous <laughs> comments and emails and often they apologize for their um, poor English and it's astounding because honestly it's often a lot better than native English speakers I'm telling you that for free anyway I'm an Arab submissive guy living in Dubai I recently found your podcast on Spotify and it was great and precious discovery for me your website is blocked here in the UAE <laughs> porn dirty porn that's why uh, that's why I never read it before and I had to use a proxy to log in and write this message to you basically I'm now literally breaking the law to text you the adventures of me right <laughs> absolutely right thank you for breaking the law to talk to me I appreciate that risk you're taking now I'm submissive to this lovely American woman for over three years now You'll find below why I mentioned my background and her nationality. 
Collared for over two years. We used to stay together and now she's working elsewhere, but we meet on a regular basis and I'm planning to move back with her soon. I will leave my kinky slash BDSM questions for later messages. I'm planning to make it a habit to break the law to write to you. <laughs> but for the moment, my question is about living sort of a double life. You see, living in an FLR relationship in such a country is a big challenge. But we handled it well until she moved, and I think we'd better once I follow her. The issue is that I'm always like having these two identities when it comes to my family. It's an essential part of who I am, and she respects that. It takes a lot of effort from both of us to create this different dynamic between us in front of family. It's very stressful for me to keep up making lies, but almost everything in our life when I'm around family members or close to friends. We met on Collar Space, but in front of family, we came up with a totally different narrative and so on. I'm worried that at a certain point, this double life might affect my relationship with my dom or my family. Any insight on that, please? Thank you so much for being the amazing and insightful person you are. By the way, my relation with my dom, despite the challenges it faced, can be part of your happy femdom stories you mentioned in your podcast. So please let me know if you're interested in such a thing. I'll probably post a couple of questions in another email. Wish you always the best. Yours, Ma. Oh, Ma, I would love, love, love your happy femdom story. Please, 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 please break the law and um, post it so I can share it with people. I would love to have your happy femdom story especially because it's between cultures and I know that there can be quite a bit of conflict there and I would love to hear your story and to share your story. I, I'm going to say this first. Everybody does what you're doing and not everybody. Most people do what you're doing where they have their um, DS relationship between them as a private matter and in front of family they pretend it doesn't exist i can well imagine that the situation with you is much exacerbated because um your family expects not just equality but for perhaps your partner to defer to you and for her to be a good arabic wife i guess or a good Arabic partner, which is very different from a good Western American or Australian partner where there's a lot more leeway in behaviours and relationships. And if the woman's a bit bossy and whatever, and the, the, her partner is very solicitous and caters to her, nobody's going to take offence to that or think there's anything wrong with it. But I imagine that that is not the case with your family, that they have quite firm expectations on gender roles and how men and women should behave. So while um, others probably also deal with that, I imagine it is much worse for you. Do I have any insight... I really don't. I mean, saying that everybody deals with this is not helpful. And also the fact that I imagine yours is the nth degree of this um, makes it that much more difficult, that even if something minor leaks out um, in your behaviours towards each other, that it might cause an issue with your family. I would assume and hope maybe if you are... Um, moving back with her soon as you said does that mean to the US in which case that problem kind of goes away right you may have family stay with you or you may go and visit family but it's less every weekend you have Friday night dinner with them or um, that close relationship that I imagine you have with your family where your interactions with your partner are much more scrutinized but I'm afraid I do not have any useful insight on that i can wish you luck though and i hope it doesn't create too much stress in either of your relationships difference <laughs> this is mar again 
As promised, another, another question. Following up on my previous email, I would like to ask a few BDSM questions, hoping you will give me your thoughts. As mentioned earlier, I'm serving my lady for over three years. I'm a collared sub for over two years. Our FLR relationship is steady, yet always changing relation in which the level of control she has over me changes based on our situation, more or less, but she's always in charge. I love and adore her both as a woman and as my owner. Oh, it's so lovely. Um, one of my fantasies is being degraded and humiliated, sometimes to extreme levels. And my lady is open to the idea, partially to fulfill my fantasy, and also she finds some aspect of that appealing. The problem is I'm not able to go through with that. It feels to me that I will lose her respect, and most importantly, my own self-respect if I go this way. Before meeting her, I tried that with pros and it was awesome. But I'm not able to put myself in this situation with somebody I love and want to spend my life with. I just think if she insulted me, that means I will become worthless to her. Am I contradicting myself? Is that justified fear? Does it even make sense that I love something and my partner's opening to it and still it's me who doesn't want to go with it? Another question sort of related, if you don't mind. No, I do not mind. You are most welcome. I'm interested to know your thoughts on some politically incorrect taboo degradation concepts, two of them in particular, racial play and religious play. These thoughts are also, on the one hand, intriguing and appealing to me, given that I'm Arab Muslim and my lady is American Christian. But on the other hand, it feels so wrong, even in play set with a person I trust the most. I feel if I unleash this monster, I might lose the amazing dynamic I already have and cherish. What do you think, please? I can't thank you enough, ma'am, for your advices, which are usually what I believe in. It's just great that you're so willing to offer your help to those in need. Yours sincerely, Ma. I love these questions and I love that you are self-aware enough to be able to articulate exactly what's going on with you. I think that's very, very important, that level of self-knowledge. I don't think your fears are unfounded because feelings are complicated and I think that relationship dynamics and relationships have, they fluctuate and I think it's perfectly valid to want something and feel scared of doing it with someone you love but perfectly okay doing it with someone you don't really care about. And one of, the, one of the things that turns up over and over again, and actually it's more um, in the male-dom-fem-sub relationships, is that um, male doms often get to a point with their female submissives where if they fall in love, they can no longer be sadistic towards them which is something that maybe they've even enjoyed up until that point. And maybe it's been really harsh and, and really, you know, full on. But when these men fall in love with these women, they can no longer hurt the one they love. And that comes up over and over in discussions and they just cannot get over it. And I, I think a lot of that is social conditioning. And to me, it speaks of their um, SM coming from a pretty bad place, to be perfectly honest, that they feel okay to hit people that they don't like or don't care about. Means that they see it as an act of violence as opposed to an act of love or mutual pleasure. So I think that has a whole mess of ick in there, but I can understand where it comes from. And I absolutely understand that you have types of play that you think will diminish you in your partner's eyes. And not just in your partner's eyes, but in your own eyes. And with all of those types of play, whether it's degradation and humiliation or race play or religious play, I, I think that you are having the same kinds of feelings about that and I think they're perfectly valid. My suggestion to you, which you might want to try if you're both interested in exploring this, is to just start really mildly. 
you don't have to go full on into, you know, a whole big scene about it where you go from zero to 100 in one step. You can do a very short, very sort of bounded and controlled little play session where she maybe, instead of going to 100 out of 100, goes to a 5 out of 100 just to see how it feels. And then you talk about it and you see how it feels. She sees how she feels about it. And then if it all feels good, then maybe try 10 out of 100. And that way you can slowly get to a point maybe where you're doing a full-on play session with that kind of play. Or you might get to a certain point and it may not feel good to you and that's okay. And if it's something that you really want, then maybe you can negotiate going to a pro and maybe she can go with you to get that kind of um, interaction if it's that important to you. If it's not important to you, then maybe you can just let it go. But yeah, I, I I suggest you try and ease into it and see how that goes. Good luck. I hope it works out for you. <laughs> what are your teddy bears named? Oh, that's so cute. I I tweeted a picture of my childhood teddy bear that I found in my dad's house, who I had since I was tiny tiny little kid. And unimaginatively, his name was Big Ted. And I think I probably got that from play school. I think there was a, a Big Ted in play school. And my sister had a little Ted because she had a little baby Teddy and I had like a big Teddy. <laughs> Thank you for your question. <laughs> you type fast, don't you? <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Oh, <laughs> dear ferns, I hope you don't mind me asking again before you even reply to my previous questions. I am the Arabian sub living in Dubai who emailed you yesterday like three times. <laughs> I guess being an outlaw and keeping visits forbidden and dangerous places, i.e. your website since the authorities here deemed it should be banned. I will not hide the fact I've been excited since I found your website and podcast. I listen to almost all of your Q&As and really admire your wise and realistic approach to every question. I also salute your fairness in saying what you believe is right without being biased to the dom side, being a dom lady yourself. I know this is how things are supposed to be, but surprisingly, it is not. Many, many ladies feel like it's their mission to be dummy. <laughs> dummy McDomister in every moment with everybody. <laughs> Now, after the introduction, which I see now, it's so long. Yes, I talk a lot in my everyday life as well. I would like to ask you about an issue that bothers me sometimes in my relation with my lovely Dom. I kind of like the way how um, people who have English as a second language, often instead of saying relationship, they say relation. And I kind of like it. I'm kind of I'm kind of here for it. So I have a relation with my Dom. Oh, in my relation with my dominant. I like it. I'm a college sub to this wonderful and amazing lady and we are doing great in many aspects. We're compatible, I guess, love and respect each other and have a way in sorted most of the challenges we face. She is a sadist among many other things and I'm not a masochist. I have a very high pain tolerance but don't enjoy the pain. We have an understanding that beating can be either as punishment if I fucked up she is fair and doesn't abuse his power, or when we're attending a kinky event outside the Middle East. My problem is the aftercare. After she beats me, she tries to take care of me by some cuddling or talking or briefing, depending on the circumstances. From my side, after I get beaten hard, I just want to be alone for some time, not touching her, no talk or emotions, just want to process my mind on my own. I did communicate that with my lady many times, but she keeps pushing for the aftercare the way she usually does it. If I insist on being alone, I feel she gets very guilty about beating me and maybe insulted or afraid she damaged the, the dynamic. I usually end up giving up, giving her aftercare and assurance while I'm still processing my thoughts. Seems fucked up, no? I totally understand where she's coming from and I don't enjoy that per se. 
and that I'm doing it as a punishment or for her own pleasure. I think she believes this is the best way to show me her love and attention afterwards. But in reality, it's very stressful for me. Is there a way you suggest I can tell my lady to leave me alone without me being a jerk or hurting her? Help, please. I have to so say, though, this is not a deal breaker for me by any means. I adore and worship her, and even with this annoying thing, I'm happy being with her. Thank you so much for your patience reading this message and looking forward to hearing back from you. Ma. My first instinct is to say, Ma, that you, you kind of hint at it, but you don't say outright. My first instinct is to say that, have you considered that this is aftercare for her? that she is not doing it for your benefit, that she's doing it for her benefit. You seem to think that that may be a possibility, but you don't seem to have internalized that. So, dominants often need aftercare after um, heavy play. And there's multiple reasons for this. And one of them may be that they need reassurance that you still love them that you are okay with what happened that you're happy with them for doing it that you feel good about it that they are not a bad person that they haven't overstepped or really hurt you all of those things so you seem to think primarily that she's insisting on doing it for you but it could be that she needs that for herself from you. So rather than suggesting ways you can tell her to leave you alone, please, <laughs> I would suggest that you talk to her again about what she needs after you've had that kind of play. Because it seems that it's unclear about who she's doing it for and if she's doing it because she needs that maybe you haven't quite understood that and if you both need different things in aftercare then you at least understand each other and have a way to negotiate what you can do going forward to make that work for example if she does need reassurance and care and cuddles afterwards there's a possibility that if she's got friends they may be able to give her that so maybe after you have that play if you maybe you could have some sort of way of saying to her I love you and thank you so much for that and I care for you so much and that was perfect and then you go off and do whatever you need to do on your own she gets care and cuddles from her friends and then later after you've both done that then you come together and then you do the kissing cuddling whatever resetting that you need to do that way you both get what you need without interfering with each other's needs but yeah I suggest you instead of trying to convince her to leave you alone you have a chat to her about what she needs in aftercare and go from there <laughs> I say on my ask me form that you can tell me something sweet or you can ask a question. And this one starts with, I opt for telling you something sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are the most wonderful, awesome and intelligent Dom. You have the most interesting ideas and have the most intriguing voice. I know I sound Trumpy <laughs> with double quotes trumpy with all the superlative words but at least i am genuine smiley face but really your willingness to take of your time to help others on a constant basis amazes me i just hope you realize how much you help dom sub slaves and confused people with this blog thank you so much that is so lovely i guess i have to ask you something now <clears throat> even though I was just planning to praise your beauty and intelligence. <laughs> you didn't have to ask me something, but absolutely you can. 
My question is, do you believe in the concept of breaking the sub's will by his dom, shaping him or training him or even manipulating him for her benefit or any of those concepts? Or do you believe that the dynamic set is based only on clear negotiations and can only change with another clear negotiation? Um, I think you've introduced quite a few different concepts and I think there's a big grey area there. I don't believe in the idea of breaking a sub's will. I don't think that's a thing. I, when I think of breaking someone, what I imagine is those military um, situations where someone is so awful and consistently stresses another person out until, like a torture scenario, where until they will do anything for a tiny bit of kindness and once you've broken them where they have no personality left and they have no free will and they have no opinions of their own then you start to drip feed them what you want them to think and when people talk about breaking I think what they mean is ooh, a hot scenario not actually breaking someone I also think because it's a fantasy term Nobody actually does that. I think people talk about doing that and people want to do that and women who don't, who want to use the sexy language talk about doing that, you know. But I don't think anybody actually does that, for real. Um, I think shaping, training, manipulating, absolutely, for her benefit, yes. But that doesn't preclude negotiation. So negotiation absolutely should happen. But I have to say, for me, by the time I actually negotiate what is happening, we already are at a certain point. I only negotiate if we're already at a point where we see this thing happening naturally between us. And the, putting it in quotes, happening naturally between us means that there is a natural dynamic already building and that can be called shaping or training or manipulating or just telling him what I want and him doing it it's not negotiation though but I tend to do that because that's how I am with everybody <laughs> like if someone does something that's annoying to me I'll say can you stop doing that because it's really annoying and if I'm talking to a potential sub and I say, can you stop doing that because it's really annoying, they're going to stop doing that because they know it's annoying. <laughs> and if they won't stop doing that, then it's annoying. So I'm going to stop talking to them, right? And that I'm not sure what you call that. To me, I say, here is my preference. You can either do it or not do it. That's your choice. But if you don't do it, then I'm going to lose interest because you're annoying me. <laughs> and I think that kind of laying what you want on the table and seeing if someone can step up to it is, I don't know, is it manipulation? I don't know what it is. Is it manipulation if you put it right on the table? Is it training? Is it shaping? I just think it's saying what you want clearly and upfront and they then choose to do it or not do it and that is how I speak to potential submissives so I don't know what that is but then at some point where we're going to enter into yes you know or we agree yes this is a thing and this is what we're doing now then I negotiate but by that time what the negotiations are really just formalising what we already know in a language that we can both, I guess, formally agree on. But mostly it's just reiterating what already exists. So, for example, if I've spent however long saying, can you please do this or can you not do that or I would like you to do this thing and they step up and they step up and they step up. By the time we negotiate obedience where I say okay I expect you to be obedient in these areas he's already like well of course so it's a formality 
I don't start there. And I think a lot of people do start there. So within a few um, of the first contacts, they say, all right, we're going to negotiate what's this, what this is going to look like from this point forward. So different strokes, you know. But the breaking thing, I think, is a sexy term that nobody really does, for real. All right, we are at one hour and six minutes. I still have quite a few left to go. And last time, I went way over an hour doing all the Q&As. This time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to finish it now. And I know this is a shocker to those of you who actually listen to my podcast. I might do another podcast in a few weeks instead of in a few months. I know, shocker, right? But yeah, that's my plan. So I did ask people on Twitter if they had any last minute questions and said now's a good time. But clearly I lied for I am not up to those ones yet. Sorry, folks. And I appreciate your questions. I will answer them. And you have contributed to a more regular podcast for this quarter. If you would like to ask me a question, there is an Ask Me link on my blog, which is www.domchronicles.com, D-O-M-M-E dash chronicles.com. So please go there and ask me anything. And I appreciate you listening with me for this hour and 10 minutes. And I will talk to you next time. Bye for now.